Whenever we read the Christian scriptures, we believe that we're doing something more than just simply studying an ancient, old text. We believe that God actually speaks to us through these words. So let's take a moment of silence to clear our minds and quiet our hearts so that we can listen to God's word carefully and receptively. Genesis 1, 26-31 Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image, to resemble us, so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on earth. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds and on all the trees whose fruit produces its seeds within it. These will be your food. To all wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything that he had made, and it was extremely good. There was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. The word of the Lord. How's it going, everyone? Uh, my name is Nate. I'm a community member here at Nova, and today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be continuing our new series called God at Work, Living as Agents of Renewal. Uh, so basically in this series, what we're doing is we're talking about what it means to join God in his redemptive purposes through our work, whether it's our, our nine to five or, I don't know, being a stay-at-home parent or, or doing chores or, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's about joining God in his redemptive purposes through our work. Uh, last week, Chuck opened the series up by talking about calling and, and how we are all called first and foremost to follow Jesus, right? We're called to, to be certain kinds of people, the kind of people that look and think and act and speak and who just are like Jesus. And today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about work as a part of God's good creation. Uh, but before we do that, let's go ahead and pray together this evening. Uh, God, thank you for this opportunity to gather together as a church. Um, Lord, we pray that as we, as we read and, and study your word, God, that you would transform us, that you would, that you would do something in us. And, and God, that, that whenever we leave this place, that the stuff that we do wouldn't stay here, but would actually propel us out into the world as agents of your renewal. God, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Uh, so for my very first job at the age of 15, uh, I worked at Tropical Snow, which is basically just like this small, tiny little snow cone shack on the side of the road in the middle of Kansas City. And I loved it. Because not only was the job super, super easy, and not only was I making $8 an hour, which we all know was a small fortune, but I was also allowed to have as many snow cones as I wanted. And so I did. I would eat like, I don't know, like three 
four, sometimes five, snow cones every single shift, and it was awesome. It was a really, really good time. I got to work with my friends, uh, my other friends would come to visit. I just loved that job. It was a really, really good time. And, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, back then at the age of 15, like, man, if this is what work is like, if this is what the next 50 to 60 years of my life are gonna be like as a part of somebody working in the American workforce, then like, this is gonna be a breeze. This is gonna be really, really easy. But then I moved for college. I got a new job as a concession stand manager at the Kansas State football stadium, and it was awful. It was terrible. People were mean. My boss was horrible, and the shifts were really, really long and really, really tedious. Like, I had to be there like six hours before any of the games started, you know, be there for the game, and then I'd have to be there for like a couple hours after the game. It was awful. And so suddenly, my really bright-eyed perspective on work was just kind of marred. And the next 50 years of my life weren't really looking so great. So I decided to get a new job. Uh, I got a new job at one of the local middle schools as a para. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I made decent money. I liked my coworkers. And, you know, I enjoyed the kids that I got to work with. Except I suddenly found myself confronted by a lot of very imperfect and flawed systems that regularly failed the kids that I was working with. You know, not because of any one person's fault, but because the system was broken. And not only that, but I also got some pretty tough glimpses into some of the very tragic and heartbreaking situations that many of my students had to endure. Right? And suddenly, I didn't really want to work anymore. Right? I didn't want to work for mean people. I didn't, I didn't want to waste my time clocking in and out. And I didn't, I didn't want to spin my wheels working in broken systems. Right? I went from this pretty enthusiastic, bright-eyed 15-year-old to a pretty jaded 20-year-old. Right? All it took was five years in the American workforce to think to myself, man, this sucks. I don't want to work anymore. And, and it was about this time that I began asking myself, what is work? And, and why do we do it? You know, why work? And tonight, what I'd like to do is I'd like to actually present us with that same question. Why work? I mean, we all do it, right? Like whether it's at home, in an office, or, or a yard worker, I, I don't know, whatever it is, we all do it. But why? What's the point? Why, why do we work? Why work? Well, there's actually quite a few really good answers to that question uh, that our culture kind of provides us with. So, right, the simplest, the easiest, we work because we need money. Or we, we need stuff. We need, we need to be able to provide for each other. You know, we, we got to provide for ourselves. We got to provide for our kids. We got to provide for parents, set up a retirement fund, pay for health care, right? You know, on and on and on it goes. We got to buy a car. We got to send our kids to daycare. We got to pay off student loans, right? We work because we need money. Simple as that. And that's definitely not a bad reason to work, right? That's certainly one of the reasons that we might work. But, but is that reason enough? Is it enough to say that we work because we need money? Is that reason enough? Now, for some of you, you might be thinking, um, yeah, 
that's enough because because I'm caring for little ones and I'm trying to pay my bills and I'm the sole provider. So I don't really care about anything other than making money and putting food on the table. And if that is the case for you, I totally understand. And I'm not trying to like undercut your efforts or, or sweep your very real concerns under the rug. But But if work is only linked to provision or money or resources, what happens when we're between jobs, right? Or, or what happens if we're laid off? What happens when we retire? Is, is there no longer any meaningful work for us to do? Or what about the hard, tedious, difficult work of being a stay-at-home parent? Is that kind of work less valuable than other kinds of work just because it doesn't come with a paycheck? Or for those of us who are working, right? how do we answer that age-old question? How much is enough? How do we know when enough money is enough money? And that's a really, really hard question to answer for folks who are self-employed or, I don't know, maybe work on commission because there's always an opportunity for more, right? There are always just a few more hours that you could put in, just a few more calls that you can make, just a couple more clients that you could see in order to make just a little bit more money. And so whenever we answer this question, why do we work with, well, because we need to make money, new problems actually arise. And, and we find that that answer isn't a very satisfying one, at least not in the long run. So what if instead, what if we answered that question this way? What if we said we work in order to find meaning and purpose in life? Now, honestly, that's a pretty good answer. Or at least it sounds a lot better than saying that we work solely for money, right? But, but even so, no job is 100, uh, 100% meaningful or satisfying all the time. Uh, I mean, we've all heard that, that old saying, that adage, right? Um, do something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life, right? Well, that's a lie. Because nobody, no matter how good it is, loves their job all of the time. Even when you're doing what you love, even, even when you're working the job of your dreams, you will undoubtedly and probably have already had days where you just kind of want to scream. And so while you might find meaning or significance about 90% of the time, you can't really rely on your job to provide you with meaning all of the time. And some days are just going to be a slog. Or what about the kind of work that we do at home? Like, like doing the dishes, cleaning up after our kids, or making our bed. How much meaning are we supposed to and can we extract from chores? I mean, I certainly don't get out of bed every morning with the sense that I was like made to load the dishwasher or, or, or vacuum my apartment for the billionth time. And I, I don't think many of you do either. And so again, we're left wondering, why work? Why do we do it? Well, thankfully, God has not left us without an answer, and, and we can actually draw some fundamental truths about work from the passage uh, that I read for us uh, there at the beginning, Genesis 1, 26 through 31. And the first thing that I want to draw our attention to, the, the first thing that I want to extract from this passage about work is this. Work is a pre-fall call. Work is a pre-fall call. 
So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he created the ocean and the sky and the birds of the air and the beasts of the land. And, and eventually, as the pinnacle of his creation, he created humanity. Now, eventually, humanity doubts God and immaturely eats from the tree that they were not meant to eat from, you know, thus ushering sin, death, darkness, and disease into the world. But, but before humanity's fall, right after God created humanity, he blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish, of the sea, the birds, and the sky, and, and everything crawling on the ground. In other words, God's very first words to humans after creating them and before sin entered the world was, all right, time to go to work. Here's your job now. Get to moving. And honestly, for me, this was pretty devastating when I first found out that, that sin was a pre, or that, that work was a pre-fall call. Because I always thought of work as just kind of like a necessary evil as a result of sin. And I'd always kind of imagined that the new heavens and, and the new earth would be free from work. But actually what we see here in Genesis 1 is that work is a part of what it means to be human. God created us and then immediately sent us to go work, to go tend creation, to, to go take care of the animals. And so we can conclude that work is a pre-fall call. Before sin, death, disease, and rebellion in the garden, there was work. And while that might seem like a bad thing, it's actually not. It's actually a really, really good thing. Because that means that work is a part of our glory as people created in God's image. Work is a part of our glory as people created in God's image. You see, God works. When he created all things, that was him doing work. And even now, he is currently working to rescue and restore his sin-ridden creation. And so whenever we work, whether it's our nine to five or, or at home doing the dishes, what we are doing is we are leaning into those qualities and characteristics that we share with God, namely the capacity for work and creativity. And, and what we are doing is we are thus fulfilling our calling as people made in God's image, which Psalm 8 says is our glory. Work is a pre-fall call, and it is a part of our glory as people created in God's image. And this then brings me to my next point, uh, drawn from our text this evening. Work is one of the main ways we reflect God's wise and loving order out into the world. Now, although it often feels like it, work isn't just about completing tasks. It's not just about meeting deadlines or taking people's orders or, you know, getting our stuff no, it's, it's actually about reflecting God's wise and loving order into the chaotic and dark parts of our world. It's how we participate with him. It's, it's how we, we live life alongside him and join him in the care and cultivation of his creation. Work is how we reflect God's wise and loving order into the world. Now, 
we as Americans are unsurprisingly very good at thinking in an American way. And one of the ways that we as Americans think in a very American way is by assuming that there's this such thing as, as a sacred secular divide. And oftentimes we kind of put all of our church, religious, spiritual stuff over here. And then we put all of the like, you know, the normal stuff, you know, job, family, leisure, we put it over here. But in reality, there is no such thing as a sacred-secular divide. The two are actually closely related and, in fact, overlap. But we often confuse this point and imagine that, well, you know, if I don't work for a church or, or a Christian nonprofit, then, then I am unable to reflect God's order into the world. I, I can't work alongside him, and, and actually my work doesn't really matter to God. But that's just not true. The truth is that all work, no matter what it is, matters to God and is a means through which we, as the people of God, join God and reflect God's wise and loving order back out into the world. And so for just a moment, I just want you to think about that. I want you to imagine, what would it look like to, instead of you know, approaching your job as, as the, you know, the drudgery of, of another week, what if instead you approached your work as your glory as someone made in God's image and and knowing that through it you have the opportunity to reflect God's goodness into the world right what what would that look like what would that look like at home at school in your neighborhood at at the places that you volunteer what would that look like work is a pre-fall call it is a part of our glory as people created in God's image, and it is one of the main ways that we reflect God's wise and loving order back out into the world. But here's the thing. We don't live in a pre-fall world. We live in a post-fall world. And so we have to recognize that sin has corrupted our calling. Sin has corrupted our calling, and it's done so in two ways. First, sin has corrupted our calling by twisting our motives. Uh, so whenever I worked as a concession stands manager, I, uh, I'm going to be honest, I could not stand my customers. Uh, in fact, I resented them most of the time. I mean, they were mean, and they were needy, and they were annoying, and I just wanted to get out of there. And I, I, I didn't care what they wanted. I didn't care how they were doing, and I did not care about what was going on in their life. I just wanted to get what I could get from my job, clock in, clock out, and get the heck out of there. And I didn't care about anyone. And so while you may you may not be as, you know, like cold-hearted as 19-year-old Nate. Many of us nevertheless have oftentimes become so focused on what we can get out of our job that we fail to recognize it for what it is, an opportunity to reflect God's good and loving order back out into the world. And so that's the first way that sin has corrupted our calling. It has corrupted and twisted our motives. And sin has corrupted our calling uh, by distorting the systems that we work in. I kind of alluded this, uh, alluded to this at the beginning of my sermon. Um, and if you're a, a social worker or have ever been a foster parent or have ever worked in a hospital or, or the medical field, right, then you know exactly 
what I am talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Our human institutions are broken. They're distorted, and, and it's, again, not because of any one person, but because sin is corruptive, and it distorts systems just as it distorts individuals. And, and as a para, I watched as a distorted system failed its students and teachers over and over and over again. I mean, at one point, it was like 35 students per teacher. I mean, it was awful. Teachers couldn't provide the kind of care that their students needed. And then my friend, who is a really great nurse and who actually works at a really great hospital, has nevertheless seen the hospital that they work for, which, again, is a good hospital, hurt people and damage people and ruin people's financial situation. And so while we may try and strive for good, we have to acknowledge that sin has corrupted our calling by distorting the systems that we work in. That sin has corrupted our calling by twisting our motives and distorting the systems we work in. But friends, here's the good news. God the Father, through Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, has redeemed and renewed our calling. God has redeemed and renewed our work. And so despite sin, despite the opposition we face, and despite the ways in which sin has messed with our calling, we are nevertheless still called to work because our work has been renewed. Work is a pre-fall call. It's, it's a part of our glory as people made in God's image, and it's how we reflect God's loving order into the world. And if we wanted to just kind of like summarize all of that, we could just say simply, work is good. Work is good. Because God made it good. Because despite sin, God has kept it good. Work is good. And so we can go forward in our work knowing that the very God that has called us to work is with us as we work. Right? The Spirit lives in us, empowering us, and propelling us, and encouraging us at all times. And so we can thus go forward in confidence despite the difficulties of our job, knowing that God has put us there and wants to do something through us right where we are. Work is good. Why work? Why do we work? We work because work is good.